0: Hi, this is AJ Bingham, and welcome to the BG Podcast. We, our guest today is Ari Rastigar, the founder and CEO of Rastigar Property Company. Welcome to the show, Ari. Hey, thanks for having me, AJ. I'm glad we could make this happen. I know we first connected; uh, it seems like forever ago, like most things do. But it was over—I think it was over over uh, no, in November. So glad we get be on the show. The year is off to a fast start, 2022, and um, I know you have several projects going around in Austin and really nationally in the state and in Austin. Um and I want to start with getting some of your background. Um you know, I've seen some of your you've seen some of your your uh, logos around the city, but who is who is Ari?
1: Oh, um wow. Um maybe if you want to be bored for the next 20 minutes, the, I'll tell you who is Ari,
0: yeah, the short version. <laughs> um
1: look, I was I was born in Austin. Most people don't know about that about me. Um but I'm an attorney by trade, uh kind of in from a career path with to Texas A&M undergrad, but you know, I'm really, I guess, more, a, I'm a father and a husband, I guess, before anything as a, as a person. Uh, and my business is, you know, my business is really also kind of who I am, not really what I do. I don't really um, have a line of delineation between what I do, like, for my career and, like, kind of my personal life. It all kind of just becomes one thing. And um, I've always loved um, beautiful buildings. You know, I've loved... Uh, decor and just the just the stability of what a building means. And when I was in law school, um, I started my first investment company with a three thousand dollar loan, building single family homes. And so I partnered with a local developer uh, in Spring Branch, Texas, the Spring Branch that's north of San Antonio, not the, the Houston uh, Spring Branch. And we built. We got a little eighty thousand dollar interim construction loan, uh, built a house. We started on the build side at you know five o'clock in the morning and. You know, it would be covered in concrete and paint and dust and have to, you know, drive to to St. Mary's to uh, barely make it to my class. I was a mediocre law student at best, Uh, but I passed it, passed the bar. Same, same, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it was just, I I got my dad, you know, my dad's an attorney. You know, he went to law school later in life, and he always told me, he's like, there's one test in law school. I was like, what do you mean one test? I take exams every quarter. He's like, the bar exam. Mm-hmm. It's all that matters, you know. No one's gonna ask you your GPA, this, that, the you other. Know, thank God they didn't. I'm a recovering attorney now, but um, yeah. And then went to Wall Street, spent many years on Wall Street, uh, working in you know, various entrepreneurial capacities and private equity, a little bit in the entertainment business, and started my own shop uh, about six years ago, six, almost seven years ago. And um, we've invested in 38 cities, 12 states, seven different asset classes. Um, we're working on some pretty exciting stuff uh, here in Austin. We have a 318-acre uh, master plan development in Kyle, uh, which is now the fastest-growing city in the United States. Hayes County is the fastest-growing county. Um, I wish I could tell you it was uh, some very strategic, you know, uh, you know, financial model that predicted that it was the city would boom, but uh, I think it was a little bit of luck that you know we kind of got in that position. We're building a high-rise on McKinney Avenue in Dallas. Uh, co-living concept on south congress a boutique office on east state and uh i think i'm forgetting some oh and yeah we're you're were building
0: start- up a 35 right i mean i saw there uh, uh, yeah up to, uh, 35. it's like 35 it means like i think it's between the six six street Seventh street uh, yeah sections. it's right on the hard corner right on the
1: right on the hard corner uh, by the shell gas station for those mm-hmm though. Know, and uh, we're building six hundred thousand square feet of industrial near the, near the airport and the Opportunity Zone. We're partnered with Related Group, one of the largest real estate companies mm-hmm. in the world. Hudson uh, Yards, How's
0: yeah, the yards, they, right?
1: they built some Hudson Yards. Stephen Ross is, um, was was the founder, and uh, they wanted to kind of enter Austin. So we're building a high rise with them in Phoenix and one um, and one here uh, here in Dallas Dow- and here in Austin. And uh, it's cool. I mean, being able to you know be in various asset classes, be a part of you know, building out some of the supply chain logistics and some of the living capacity, building the houses in Kyle, and we're going to do a build for rent concept. So it's really exciting to just help facilitate, um, you know, some of the community enhancement here in Austin. I mean, there's been a lot of gentrification. I hate that word, um, especially because I was a poor kid growing up in Chevy Chase apartments here in Austin, where our rent was like $300 a month. So that doesn't feel that long ago, but, you know, kind of just helping, helping our city grow and being Mm -hmm. a part of it is really humbling and exciting um at the same time a lot of work but um, i think that comes with the territory
0: agreed agreed yeah i got a few few questions off of that and thanks for that background so just one you know what was i guess what was that spark even start your own thing right yeah i mean you're you're an entrepreneur and
1: have your own shop you you Mm -hmm. know it's uh you know it's definitely a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, to say the least. Was it? Was, it,
0: was, it, was it one event? Was it multiple events? Was it just, you know, everything? It, you know, for some people, it's, you know, they've worked, you know, they accumulated some knowledge, a level of mastery, and they reached that kind of, you know, eye-opening moment where it's like, well, look, I have all the capacity or the capabilities rather to be a boss or to be an owner and to, to do it. Now, it's just me. I got, you got to make that jump. Was it that or just what yeah. what was your path?
1: no it's a it's a wonderful question um one of my you know uh, one of my friends you know let say a, a mentor at one point used to say that questions are the answer you know if you want the right answer ask the right question um you know it, it, it's interesting because deep down my grandfather who passed away when um, i was 15 years old i was very close with um they immigrated from iran uh we weren't uh the preferred religion of of the new regime in Iran. So they killed half of our family, um, which is the story of a lot of, you know, Iranian Americans that, you know, come here. But my grandfather, you know, was really enamored. He was a medical doctor and a psychiatrist, and he was very enamored by by real estate in general and believed that, you know, America being the stand of opportunity, creating, um, you know, generational stability, you know, came through real estate. So he kind of put that, initial thought like in my mind um to do that and he wanted me to put our name on on it because like in iranian culture having your name on things whether you're a doctor or a business person you know is is for legacy and you know he wanted that for you know my children and his grandchildren and um and fast forward you know 20 years let's say or however many years it's been maybe 17 years later i was in new york and I just felt just a little bit disenfranchised. Like some of the folks that i would worked with, some of them were so brilliant, sober. I learned so much, unbelievable. But I wanted to just, you know, be the captain of my own ship, so to speak. Like I wanted to be able to, you know, do things, you know, I guess in the Frank Sinatra, kind of do it my way. Mm-hmm. And it didn't come from a place of any type of ego or any type of that sort. I just felt that there could be some innovation. I felt like we can utilize technology in, in different ways that real estate had not used. Like for example, on some of our apartments, you know, we know how many times doors open and close, how much water is being used. If you turn on your microwave and we track that data to create a better customer experience. And those types of things now are starting to be utilized more. But when I was starting to think about them called seven or eight years ago, it was still in its nascent stage. So being in technology before, um, and also being in real estate, I saw something that could be done um unique in that space and that was really the final impetus and i was scared to death to do it Um, and quite frankly i probably wouldn't have done it if i hadn't spoke with one of my long-term clients who passed away recently um god rest his soul and he said to me you know you know when you when you grow up and get some guts you know you should start your own company i'm like i don't have money i don't i don't you know i don't have a business degree i don't have an mba like what are you talking about I'm i'm a lawyer english major like i don't know how to do whatever and and he just kind of gave me that little nudge and um, loaned me the money to to get started. And it just all happened really fast. I was with my wife and um, our first child in New York City, living in a like in a little shoebox. And Google Fiber had just come to Austin, and kind of saw the writing on the wall. And I wanted my kids to grow up here in Austin. And it was just a lot of serendipity, you know. And it just kind of all culminated together, and we took the leap and. Um, we're lucky to be where we are.
0: Got it, man. And then just along the way, like what's what, what do you mean, like your top three or five, you know, three to five lessons you've learned just come to this point? Oh, oh God. And, or maybe the one, yeah, you know, there's always one or two, there's always something, a few that stick out in your mind. Maybe the most prominent one that you've learned just in, as a, I mean not so much even need to develop but just as a as an entrepreneur.
1: Yeah, so so AJ you know my book comes out in J- in July on July 12th. It's called The Gift of Failure. Mm-hmm. And so I I quite literally had to write a book about how many times that things didn't work out. Um so there's a lot but I'll tell you, you know, Mike Tyson said something interesting and I don't I never thought that I would think Mike, Mike Tyson would be as introspective as he is. He's actually a very interesting man It's another mm-hmm. discussion. Certainly, he's seen a lot of failure and a lot of things in his life and a lot of success. Um, but he said, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. Yeah. You know, and I, that's yep. always really resonated with me. Um, but one of the biggest lessons is actually not in real estate. I was running an entertainment company called Capital A Entertainment. It's actually I talk about it a little bit more in my book and I get a little nauseous still thinking about it. Um, But what I learned is we were doing these big events around the Super Bowl and NBA All-Star and, you know, signing some of the biggest acts in the world um, as corporate sponsors. And the biggest ice storm to ever hit Dallas hit Super Bowl weekend. So we had everything mapped out, everything planned out, but what we didn't do, and some could say, oh, you can't control the weather and you can't control these other things, but that's kind of bullshit. Like, I always believe that, you know, this is and again, not from an egocentric standpoint, but like, this is my life. Like, I take responsibility for me, whether it's the weather, whether it's this, and I can't maybe control those things, but it taught me that an unforeseeable event can also be planned for in a way. Not that I can plan that it could snow, but I can create buffers and systems to allow mistakes to occur. Mm-hmm. And if you create that, so what I had done is I had, you know, priced myself to perfection. That if everything went perfect, which it almost did, it would have been wildly successful. We signed the Black Eyed Peas and Snoop Dogg and Trey Songs and, you know, P. Diddy. And, you know, we you know, had the Facebook, Zuckerberg was there and everything, you know, was done. But I learned as now, as a, you know, in the investment business that things do go wrong and preparing for them and not being upset. So now instead of having the, in that, that level I mean, let, I mean, it was one of the darkest, most dismal times of my life. I was like, I quit. I'm moving to Costa Rica. I'm going to work at a bar on the beach. Fuck my law degree. Like, I'm just going to, you know, write books, read good books. I'm done. Like, I wasn't married. I, had, like, I was out. And my uh, my partner in the deal, we always joke, he was the capital, I was the A is a huge new york city financier unbelievably famous he's him and i are still best friends to this day his cousin was my wrestling coach and one of the inspirations for me to get into real estate was being around him and i remember after the first event the ice storm hit and it turned out that we weren't going to make the money we thought and shit was all messed up and i went to his room he's very wealthy and i was like doom and gloom and he looked at me and was like what's wrong with you i thought he was going to shank me like i thought he was going to kill me or like you know we are like millions of dollars into this thing and he was like, um, we have another event to do like whatever. I don't know what's going on there, dude, but you're in like, stop all that. Like we got to go. Keep moving. keep moving. Keep moving. And John Maxwell says fail forward, you know, fail forward. And in that moment, I learned the level of kind of, you got to keep it moving no matter what, like no matter what is in front of you, because things pass. I saw Tom Hanks talking the other day and they asked him like, what's the one thing about life that he's learned? And he said that this things pass, you know, good times pass, bad times pass, you know, like, it, you know, things move on and you have to be able to not fight the current and ride with it and also create safeguards around the inevitable failures that will happen. And look, if they don't happen, you don't have to plan for good news. <laughs> like you only have to plan for bad news. Mm-hmm. And so as a manager of capital um, I'm always looking for scenarios where things could go wrong. I spend 90% of my time after I feel like this has a high degree of certainty that it'll work out good. Nothing is guaranteed. You take risk in everything you do. Everything. Walking across the street is a risk. The water you drink is a risk. The food you drink is. A- everything is risk. So people say, "Oh, this is risk." What's the, what's the risk in this? Bullshit. Like, literally, I mean, driving a car is more dangerous than maybe anything that you do. But you have airbags, you have a seatbelt, you have, you know, like meaning like you're mitigating risk, and that was such a monumental inflection point for me that it changed the way that I did life, not just you know business. I created a time to say when failure rears its head or Murphy's laws. They say anything can go wrong, will go wrong. I'm not surprised like anymore. You used to kill me. Something bad would happen. Oh. Oh, my God! Why me? fuck? Oh my God, This is horrible. Now, when something happens, I don't want to say I'm happy about it, but I'm like, it happens, and I'm like all right yeah. like it's like, let's go and you do it, and you you go after it and you solve it and you move on to the next thing and utilize the energy. Like I always tell people I spend ninety five percent of my time on the solution and five percent of my time on the problem.
0: Yeah. Yeah. How can you fix it? Or what's, how's the pivot, whatever else, right? Just keep moving. Whatever it is, because I'm not going to wait, dilute my energy on whatever the
1: woe is me or the problem. Why did this happen? Oh my God, this hurts. It's like, maybe it's such unnecessary energy. Like if something bad happens, you experience a loss. You want to be human and you want to internalize that feeling, sit with it, right? You sit with it for a second. You internalize it. You lose a loved one or God forbid, you know, whatever happens, you feel it, you cry for a moment, you whatever, and then you get back up and get after it yeah like you get back up and you keep moving and you i don't want to say you suppress the emotion you should feel it but you can't dwell on it suffering is a choice it's not like pain is not a choice feeling pain if you stab me with something that's pain i can't control that but i can control if i suffer meaning Mm -hmm. oh my god oh my oh my god my arm i'm not gonna be able to go through. that's suffering and i refuse to suffer anymore i will not suffer
0: yeah, I think it's one like I think you're particularly that well, like just in terms of entrepreneurship, because I mean, this whole business, it's like pick your, pick the sector, right? But doing your, starting your own thing and then getting it and keeping it going is almost, I would say it's a grind, right? That it's, it's unending, right? It's not a matter of, you know, the more you make, like, was it a uh, new levels, but more of everything. Right. And so if you, more money, point, more, more
1: money, more problems. I'm
0: yes. At some point, if you can't get used to it and just, it's almost going like to get past suffering and realizing this is just, this just is what it is. like the good, the bad, everything. It's just part of the, the game. It, well, well, that's the point. You're going to, you're going to, you will, I mean, that's, you still need clients and you know, you need to, to, to succeed in business, but like you, you can't emotionally or mentally get over that. it will break you. Right.
1: Well, hey, it only like,
0: rise above that stuff. The way that one of the, the
1: way Lao Tzu, you know, the famous philosopher talked about it is Being a bamboo tree, like when winds come, like being stern and stiff, you'll break. Mm -hmm. But if you have agility in the way to be able to bend but not break and go with the wind and then come back to your thing, that's the essence of entrepreneurship: is being a bamboo tree. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: (laughs) Literally, he wasn't talking about business, but I'm saying the universal truth of it is, you know, is being able to like be focused and firm. On your goal but agile in your approach Mm -hmm. don't lose the sight of where you're going but if i wanted to drive on this way from here to you know i'm driving to whatever driving to uchi or home slice pizza or somewhere wherever i'm on the way to drive i don't necessarily need to drive you know up cesar chavez take like there's many ways to get there and getting wrapped up and this is the way that it has to happen causes suffering and pain so just kind of being there like all right we're going to take a detour over here oh shit the funding didn't come in well we're going to wait a month i thought it was going to come it'll happen in two months and you just kind of like you know slither your way to you know to wherever that destination is but having agility and flexibility along with resilience i think really are probably the most important attributes that an entrepreneur um can possibly have because without it i don't know I don't know how it's possible to endure the pain and the grind that you explained.
0: No, yeah, not at all. Um, you come back, to some of your, come back to Austin and some of your developments here. What are you seeing? You, know, you mentioned your, your project out in, in, in Kyle. And mm-hmm. one of the things you know, we're the firm was really interested in is just the development. I mean, Williams County too, but along the I-35 corridor. Yes. Right? So Kyle being part of that, you all these cities. I mean, we both grew up here. I remember when that was just, you know, honestly, until you got to sort to uh, New Braunfels, there was really nothing to see right it's oh my god, god. And which isn't and even any brothels i mean they're going through big cities, starting to get affordability issues going on out there or have affordability issues rather out there and with the zoning or everything else right so it's, it's almost with...
1: unfathomable right like mm-hmm. dude, looking at where it is
0: no but it's what are you seeing i mean in terms of let's look at the next you know we're in 2022 just between now and mid-decade i mean you, more you expect more of the the same in terms of the, you know, the industrial, I mean, the industrial and residential build out along the corridor. Oh my God. Oh my God,
1: AJ. Like there is no way for me to emphasize where, what the growth is. I mean, this is going to be, so Elon talked about it and he, he, he said that this is a 50 year boomtown 50 five Oh, you know, and obviously with his access to data and technology and all those other things, like, I don't like the word boomtown because it kind of insinuates a bust, but I'll tell you, there is such sustainable growth going on in this city because of the companies that are coming. I'll give you an example. So Apple, you know, on their 140 acres up north is not even going to be done until 2025 or 2026. Tesla just moved their headquarters. Those people aren't here. Oracle just moved their headquarters. Those people aren't, aren't here. Like Samsung is building a $17 billion facility, mind you, a little bit outside of Austin. But I'm saying, the growth that we're talking about hasn't even happened. Like, meaning those people that, so let's say, you know, Tesla brings 3,000 employees, Facebook, Meta just signed a 500,000 square foot lease in the Kyroy building here in downtown Austin. Nobody's there yet. Like, meaning, when these people, I just mentioned probably a potential 20,000 people, just on a few things I just explained, that's 20,000 cars, 20,000 houses, 20,000 people ordering from Amazon, 20,000 kids going to school. 20, like, it, it, it's unbelievable. I just mentioned a few companies. So the growth is, is completely inevitable by any, you know, statistical level of certainty, mm-hmm. right? Because of what the companies are doing and the people that have not moved here. So whatever we think is happening now, the market's hot. It's growing. It's expensive. Lord have mercy. This is not. And I told people that they asked me was speaking at a public pension fund conference, um, whenever it was a couple months ago. Like you said, time just blurs. I don't even know what it. You know, every day is a Monday to me. Um, they asked me, "What inning are we in for Austin?" And the only answer I could come up with is they haven't even sang the national anthem.
0: Oh yeah. So the pre,
1: still the pre-show. Oh, yeah. Like people are still in this in the it, like people are tailgating but, like the game hasn't even started. But Austin is so expensive. Austin is growing so much. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, well,
0: like this, like people are tailgating still.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And when you think of Austin. Right. Again, it's I think it, I have to, I have to catch myself sometimes because when I think of Austin, I'm thinking of the city proper. But I mean, I, I started I've started to say more the Austin Metro. Right. Because that. Grew. Oh, Austin, MSA. I mean, obviously down, downtown for sure um the cbd i mean even everything in the core is going up there's cranes constantly in the sky east side for sure you know all the way no
1: austin austin now is a much bigger word okay like i can make an argument before that you know south of ben white wasn't austin when we were growing up like that was like siberia like going south of ben white but no austin is a big word now you know just it's it's not dissimilar to Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. Dallas and Fort Worth are not even the same galaxy. If you're like, I went to high school in Dallas, like Fort Worth is like the other side of the world, right? But when you look at it, you know, we have it for like discussion purposes. People call it Dallas-Fort Worth. Mm -hmm. There's nothing about Dallas and Fort Worth that are the same. They're completely different cities. Like I went to Fort Worth maybe three times in my life when I was like, it's but it's Dallas-Fort Worth or Dallas-Fort Worth International Airport or, you know, whatever you say, DFW. Austin is gaining... That same, just like Houston. When you talk about Houston, you could say Sugar Land. You could say the Woodlands. That's Houston. Woodlands is not Houston, but it's Houston. Yeah. You know, and, and Austin is now gaining that. So I would make the argument, you know, that Austin MSA could include all the way to Kyle, mm-hmm. honestly. You know, definitely all the way into Round Rock, into Georgetown, you know, and that's 40 miles, you know, from downtown Austin same further than fort worth is to dallas but people call that austin so i actually believe this austin msa or austin metroplex as you mentioned is probably kyle to georgetown
0: yeah i'm really curious to see just because i mean san antonio's having growth san antonio's having growth too as it's coming yeah it was coming both ways down the quarter down 35 rather what you know hopefully less live that long to see what the full kind of, kind of Continual oh, AJ, it's to play. gonna
1: happen every time that I look at Austin
0: and I create a model.
1: Like for example, the Kyle, the Kyle property, and the and the fifty acres that we own um, next to the airport that we're doing the industrials related. When I bought those. I literally thought, so We I'd done the math. And I thought, okay, for this price where it is, and where the growth, the airport's expanding. Okay, okay, Kyle's here. It's 15 miles away. Round Rock is, you know, 40 miles. You know, Georgia's 40 miles away. How's there 800? You know, I kind of went through my stuff, right? And I was like, 15 miles as the crow flies from Kyle to downtown Austin. And then San Antonio, there's a it's going to reach Kyle, like it's going to get there maybe. And but I thought, okay, my daughter, my youngest, who's two, I was like, okay, by the time she turns 18 or by the time my nine-year-old is like graduating college, this is going to be for her. Like, this is going to be something she'll develop she'll do and whatever I'm breaking around this year. So in that, I'm giving you that just an example of saying every time that I bet against Austin over the past call it 10 years of thinking it's going to grow at this rate, On a five-year term, it's going to be this. On an eight-year term, on a three-year term, I'm so dead wrong that it happens in 12 months. So now I always joke in my company that whatever we think is five years is one year. Yeah. Whatever you think it's in five years, you said in my lifetime, it's going to be like in the next six or seven years, truly, San Antonio will be connected to Austin. Seven years, you will see all of that Farm road frontage that you drive that we've all driven a m- bunch of times mm-hmm. will be all retail, completely with no brakes other than maybe a couple little micro parcels between Austin and San Antonio next seven years.
0: I think you know, well, to part of that is a high high speed rail. Separate note, but it's a high speed. Oh line. my god, I'm I hope, no, I'm think praying. About that. I mean, I know there's the one that you know, kind of. Uh, Pivoting off that, but the discussion of the of the of the high speed line between I say high speed quarter still not close to what we have like you have in Europe or in Asia, but the line between yeah uh, Dallas and Houston, but getting a spur, if you're not I mean that I think just from a you think of you know from your from your perspective of housing or just a ability to you know work in austin but live in san antonio vice versa it's gonna like opening happen Opening the market yeah that would be I was gonna, well, so i'll give you an example so back back to the, i don't know why we keep going back to
1: you know to kyle it's just a funny case study because of how like tertiary it is in city but like you could easily you know dad can work in san antonio mom can work in austin if you lived in kyle
0: there are folks now who commute by car, which is wild to me. They I mean, they, they drive every day in and out, right? Because but by the way, look right.
1: at New York. If you look at New York, so when I was in, in, in the city, it was not uncommon for senior level executives, like you know, high-level, high net worth people who commute an hour and a half each day on the train. And that's just their life. We're mm-hmm. talking about driving for 30 minutes. So the you know, the work it's San Francisco, the same thing, but New York, forget about it. People were on the train from, you know, from Long Island and from Jersey City, you know, from like other parts of, you know, Connecticut that Mm -hmm. work in Manhattan and live in another state. Yeah. Like another state, not a city, not down 35, like a state. (laughs) And so this is not like uncharted territory. Like meaning you're talking about, oh my God, you have to commute all the way from, you know, San Antonio to Austin. Without traffic, if you left at, let's say, 5 o'clock in the morning and you have to be at work early, you can make that drive if you have a little bit of a heavy, you know, heavy foot in 45 minutes, 45, 50 minutes. If you're in northern San Antonio, you know, and you're working kind of south, you know, like I'm exaggerating a little bit, but let's say 45, 50 minutes. That's one podcast. And uh, the, the folks in New York are doing an hour and a half each way. So it, that's not in, that's not that crazy.
0: Yeah, I think it's sort of a culture thing. I mean, I, 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 that it's been discussed, but I think it's also just we'll see as things develop. I mean, i be, I think that would just be a game changer in terms of connecting the regions fully, connecting the cities fully. So, well, Ari, right, I'm gonna let you go. Um, but I think this is a of, fun. This is the start of future conversations, or the start of future conversations. But thank you for your time, and love to have you back on the show. We'll information. We'll get information about your upcoming book release out in the show notes.
1: Thank you so much. Really appreciate it, AJ. Always a
0: pleasure, buddy.